When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We are estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven women that are killing it in life. And they deserve to be celebrated. So on this podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and then in between those interview episodes, we'll be doing segments where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be (laughs) chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s and just learning more about one another because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun and we We have a super multicultural community and we kind of think that you might too. So why not talk all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Hell yes. Um, Also, we'll be answering listener questions. So make sure to write to us at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. So let's jump into the show. Bye. Hi there, friends. Hey. Welcome to this week's episode of the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. Welcome. This is a fun one. This is a great episode. This is, I think, my favorite interview. We were just talking about it. Yeah. Because it's with... I can't believe this is our friend, but I'm going to say it. It's with our friend, Jenna Weiss-Berman. And you might be saying, who the fuck is that? (laughs) (laughs) But if you are a podcast nerd like myself, you have probably recognized that name because she is the woman who brought us all of our favorite pods from back in the day, like Another Round, like the Hillary podcast when she was on the campaign trail. Currently, Pineapple Street Media, the company that she founded with her co-founder, makes Never Before with Janet Mock, the official Watchmen podcast, still processing from the New York Times. Heaven's Gate, which is one of my personal all-time favorite podcasts. Yes, The Clearing. The which Clearing, is also, also another favorite. Totally strong black lead. I mean, should I just keep reading these? She did uh, Women of the Hour with Lena Dunham. Mm-hmm. They did, girls, guys, Heaven's Gate, Hard Knock Lives. Hard Knock Life's Hard Knocks podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now she's just making shit up. I know exactly. Thirty for thirty. She just does. They do everything. They do everything. Bottom line is, they do great podcasts. They do incredible podcasts. And over the summer, Alex and I kind of stalked Jenna and made her be our friend. <laughs> <laughs> and so she agreed to be a guest on our show this week. We get to just really know her. We get to know about her upbringing in Massachusetts. Yes. In, um, what did she refer to the town as? I think the lesbian capital of Massachusetts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think one of the things that make me excited about Jenna is that we met her because they listed on their Instagram um, that Pineapple Street Studios supports black voices and black podcasters and to reach out if you just wanted to, you know, get some advice. And we reached out to her 
and we became besties. So one is when I Googled a picture of JWB and I saw that she was like this short-haired lesbian that's hyphenated because she's married to her wife. I was like, Alex, she's one of us. And yeah. the rest is history. <laughs> totally. She's super duper cool. I had a lot of fun recording this. And we didn't even <laughs> mention that the reason, I mean, Jenna's just a baddie period, but in the time of the podcasting golden era, which is where we're at right now, Jenna sold her podcasting company for $19 million. Yes. That is public info. That is public info. As she likes to say, I don't know why you know how much money I have, but that's public information, I guess, so you can go ahead and say it. And I bring it up because the woman is our godmother slash auntie of <laughs> podcasting, but she's also somebody that I like to look to as a mentor in terms of like how far you can go with this brand new you know, format, but also I just think it's such a great view for what you can do when you just follow your heart and you follow your mission. The girl just wanted to tell stories that weren't normally being told, and she did. Yeah. And she sold her company and made a lot of money. Yeah. And we love her. And has a wife and a cutie little four-year-old. Anyway, without further ado, let's stop gushing. (laughs) (laughs) I know, two creepers. But I love that we got to learn so much about her because, like, we know her a bit and, like, we've had some Zoom chats, but... We got to learn, like, everything. It was cool. Yeah. And she doesn't do a lot of interviews, so this was really yeah. special for us that she chose it's exclusive. to be exclusive. An exclusive <laughs> interview with the one and only Jenna Weiss-Berman. Enjoy. Enjoy. My name is Jenna Weiss-Berman, and I make a lot of podcasts. <laughs> that, see, I told you about it. You do make a lot of podcasts. You do. She doesn't just make a lot of podcasts. The girl owns a podcast company, one of the first podcast <laughs> networks, and the bitch sold it for $19 million. So, <laughs> Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. She doesn't just make podcasts. So, I mean... I guess that's public information, that number. It's not something I mentioned. Oh, you didn't tell me. I read this about you. Yeah. Anyone can find it. (laughs) Anyone search. You can find somebody made like a Wikipedia entry for me years ago that's It's hilarious. It's so outdated, it makes no sense. I haven't seen it. I need to see it. It's so funny. It's like three sentences and it links to your wife's page that doesn't exist. Right. And and My company doesn't have a page. And I'm like, why did you make one for me and not the company that makes the podcast? Doesn't True. make sense. You see, you got to get on so top special. of this. Also, okay. it's like I haven't tried to change that Wikipedia page. Do you know how hard it is? It's <laughs> <laughs> completely impossible is what I've realized. Oh, so good. Oh, my God. Okay, so Jenna, where did you grow up? I grew up in Northampton, Massachusetts, which is um, known as... When I was growing up, it was known as Lesbianville. Um, Wait, really? So you were, like, destined? Yeah. <laughs> I was. I know. I'm like, did my parents come here on purpose? Because they knew what happened. What did um, make them live there? Were they from there? No, they're both from Queens. Oh, <laughs> yes. Queens stand up. Yes, Queens. Growing up in Queens in, like, the 50s and 60s is, like, really different than, like, growing up in Manhattan in the same time. Oh, really? anyway. My stepmom grew up in Queens. Oh, really? Yeah. Where are they from? What neighborhood? Um, My dad's from Rockaway, and my mom's from Elmhurst. Okay. My stepmom's from Forest Hills. 
And then that's where we lived too. But it was very interesting times back then. Yeah, I grew up in Queens. It was, I know, people are like, why would you ever leave the city? And they were like, Queens sucks. Yeah. Um, so they got out and moved to Western Massachusetts and met each other there. So they like, Cute. yeah, they have oh, like they're a both very... from Queens and both went there. And then, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, they have like a really romantic and like sexy relationship. Oh, that's Wait, awesome. can you tell us like a little tiny bit more about that? I love when older people are like still in love and you can like say yeah, what you just said about them they're like way into each other um, oh my god my I parents are that. too her mom still sits on her dad's lap apparently yeah it's very sweet that's cute yeah. I mean, my parents cuddle all day long and like it was like love at first sight they were engaged six weeks later oh and my god crazy and like and like totally psycho people but have like grown together and they're like pretty chill now yeah Wow. Like they had like rough upbringings and I think that yeah. they have I think that they just like have a lot of attachment issues and <laughs> codependency. But okay. oh, yes. I feel that's like a given when you grow up in Queens in like the sixties and seventies. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I don't know what Queens did to people. Because but... I feel like everyone my stepmom knew back then, like everyone has a story and it's all just like wacky family stuff. she just told me recently her good friend who she's still good friends with they're in their 60s she was like yeah i just found out now that like the reason she never had me over her apartment when we were kids was because her parents were nudists and they all and they made her be a nudist too they were all just naked in their apartment all the time yeah that's the kind of shit that went down in queens in the 60s so i mean it was a crazy place i mean i think it was also like not to get dark about it but it was like and it still is. It was like a ton of new immigrants yes. who, who had like come from really terrible shit. Like my mom grew up in a building where every single apartment, it was like 50 apartments and every single one was like somebody who had left during the Holocaust, like, wow. um, wow. like a Jewish building of like Holocaust survivors. So it was like, it was a dark place. And I think that she just wanted to get the fuck out of there. Um, totally. and all. Her, yeah, she wanted to get away from her dad. My mom's first, okay, my mom's first boyfriend mm-hmm. was James Earl Jones. What? Um, yeah. Shut I don't up! Know if, Wait. Did I not? I don't know if I should say this, but it's like it's your mom's big... first boyfriend was James Earl Jones, aka the voice of Mufasa and God. Yeah, but he's more than that, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like I'm and Darth Vader. Like, Google a picture of young James Earl Jones, and you will not be disappointed. Yeah, wait, what... I honestly I didn't bet. know if he was ever he's a baby. He's still a good-looking guy now. He's just a little heavy. He's a big guy, yeah. He's a big guy, and he's been old as dirt since I was That's what I'm born. thinking. Not that he's, like, a big guy, but that he's yeah. an old guy. Yeah. James Earl Jones? <gasps> Hello! Whoa. Whoa. Mama! Whoa. Jenna's mom. All right. What? Yes. The fuck? Yes. Is so hell, right? handsome. Yeah, so I had handsome. no idea. My, my everyone. Yeah. Hi. Google young James Earl Jones. You will be shocked and very happy. The chest hair kind of makes my pants tingle. <laughs> my pants, <laughs> not my panties, my pants. Just my pants. I'm honestly, thank you for making me. Yes, do I had that. no idea. So, so your I mom knew... dated. Your mom must be a so, babe. Yes, clearly. Yeah. She's a babe. Um, but the reason I bring him up was because her dad was not happy about that, and that was part of why she was just like, "Get me out of here." It was yeah. a million, but like she was kind of like, "Get me out of here." And then they met in Amherst, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and they both became therapists. So I was raised by a shrink. <laughs> My God, <laughs> how was that? 
Um, it's like mostly it's pretty normal ish. I mean, it's mostly okay, but like they do a thing where they will talk about like I will be having like a hard day or something, and my parents talk to each other about like what I'm feeling without asking me. <laughs> They're like, "Well, I think that the thing that happened yesterday was really hard for her, and she's going through." And that's amazing i wonder if that's part of why they have such a strong relationship with each other yeah it's like yeah yeah wow i love this that's adorable that's good they're good they're great i love them i'm very lucky yeah i it's good that you turned out okay that could be very frustrating yeah i mean they're neurotic as hell but like Okay. They're Jews from Queens, of course. They're not. <laughs> no, exactly. They're, they're... And they're therapists. Holy shit! Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's no other way that they could be. So, um, anyway, I grew up there. It was really fun. It was like Smith College was in mm. town, and like I had a lot of jobs when I was a kid. But one of my like when I, right when I turned 16, I started to deliver pizzas. Ooh. Love it. And I started to deliver pizzas to um, Smith College uh-huh. and. That's like how like my dating life started. And that was really fun. <laughs> Pizza delivery, babe. This is so good. Also, you're dating older chicks. Yeah, I was. I had a great time. That's awesome. That's so fun. Wait, yeah. I'm curious. So and if you're not comfortable sharing this, and that's totally fine. But did you always like? I mean, 16, were you just like, I like women? Like, it was just never a question. Her parents were therapists. They grew- probably okay, decided fair. when she was five. They, like, knew. They, like, did I mean, a psychoanalysis. And they, and they brought you to Lesbian City? Is that what it's called? <laughs> I think I just liked, you know, when you're a kid and you're just like, I feel like I'm thinking about this recording and thinking of, like, my new boss listening to it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't have to answer. If that's uncomfortable for you, you don't have to answer. It's a very personal question. I, I understand. It's like kids are just horny for anything, so I you yeah. don't know child, but uh, yeah. I I think I like I had all these babysitters um when I was a kid and I was like I was clearly gay for them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good telltale sign. <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> Oh my god. I mean and I was like lucky it wasn't really like an issue growing up. It was just yeah. like yeah, this is just what's happening. That's and... awesome. Oh, my God. I love the whole pizza delivery gig. So and how I. it, like, and it oh, like, was a part it. of your sexual awakening. Yes. Older <laughs> ladies, too. You went straight for, like, 18, college 19, 20. Like, to college gals. I mean, it was weird. Like, when I got to college, I was like, I would never date someone in high school. And all these, like, people were dating me when I was in high school. There's, like, a huge difference between high school and college. Well, dude, there my is. boyfriend is nine years older than me, and I met him when I was 19. And now when I think back to that, I'm just like, what the fuck was he doing <laughs> talking to a 19-year-old? Wait, We've been together long? 13 years, so it ended up working out. It's fine. Oh. Yeah, they really oh. like each other. We really liked each other. Most of the time. But still. <laughs> what? Are you going to get married? I mean, that's such an unfeminist question to ask me, Jenna. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm into marriage. You are? I mean, I didn't used to be, but I'm married and I like it. Same. I didn't, I never cared. And then once like Kyle was like, once we started talking about it, cause I'm, I'm like, a, like five or six years younger than my husband. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Aww. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I like it. And I feel like I just, it makes things more legit. You that's know, when cute. I'm like, yes, my, um, my husband called. Um, Meanwhile, it's like we're both kind of messes, right? (laughs) 
like not legit. But a husband is, just, is a husband. I don't know. We when I was younger, when we first started dating, I really wanted to get married. My parents started pressuring us, and he was kind of just like. I don't really know about all this like pressure and so it's just like it's fine it's fine and then I kind of just never really brought it up again and actually this is a really funny story he's gonna be so mad at me for sharing this but I just okay. found out that he's been telling people that I didn't want to get married this whole time <gasps> and that <laughs> and that I just like things the way time they are for a discussion oh my god wait. And, and I was like wait what and Maybe he's he wants to propose to him Maybe he might want me to propose to him, but I don't think that that's the case. He's very like alpha, which is hot to me. Do you know? <laughs> like I don't. I think he'd just be like, "Why are you doing this? Like, Do what say is something to going him? on?" Be like, I think that it's time. I mean, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't really think so. A couple of years ago, he got me these great diamond earrings, and I just kind of dropped it ever since then. I was like, "Well, this is close enough." <laughs> well, <laughs> marriage is. Marriage is, like, mostly important for, like, if you want to have kids, I guess. Like, yeah. And do you know what? I never wanted to have kids, Jenna, until, like, all this fuckery started happening. Really? Well, yeah. I was just like, for what? I'm good. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just no, no. I think I, I, why? Why like, now? This, I feel like Corona did the opposite to most people, where they Fair. were like, like, do you know how fucking terrible it is to have a child? Yes, and it's not so much COVID. It's more so much the cultural revolution and realizing that there's way more racists than there are of us, and they're uh, reproducing at a rapid rate. Oh, God. And that makes me very nervous. I know. It's terrible. But there we are We need some... more brown and beige people in the world, I think, yeah. to, counter, to counter the attack. I, I the mean, yeah, have craziest. babies. So I don't know. I, I don't know, dude. Have... We'd have pretty good-looking kids, so there's that. But, like... I don't know. Like fostering is wonderful and adoption is wonderful. Like you don't yeah. have to bring another. Ch like there are plenty of children in this world who, who could who could use your help. You don't need to bring another one. <laughs> no, I kind of look at kids the way that I look at uh, vintage designer clothes. There's plenty of it out there. I don't need to buy new. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. I mean, it is like it is an amazing time to bring a child into the world. Like at least we know that there's a great future for them, you know? Is there? We know I think that. So I'm kidding. <laughs> it's like, why? I think we... there will be like many years. from now. You're so positive. Alex. She's like, yeah, I know. Like, what? She's like, people will be nice. Maybe as the people world will like... be nicer in 20 years. Anyway. Okay. And back to you. James Earl Jones and your mom. Back to you. Then you're in college. Then Wait, you're in where college. did you go to college? You didn't go to Smith, did you? No, I went to Oberlin in Ohio. I went to Oberlin, okay. Ohio, what was that like? <laughs> Different. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I grew up in upstate New York. My parents are from the Bronx. And so I always, oh. so even though I grew up in a tiny town, we were the only black family, I was like, get me the fuck out of here. What and so, Narrowsburg. Every time I tell very you about, narrow towns, town. about town names, you're like, I've <laughs> never heard of that. That's Philly. Oh, yeah, no. Wait, I, I want to tell the listeners that I told Jenna where my sister lived in Massachusetts, and she goes, that's not a place. <laughs> oh, what, oh, okay. What's it called again? This is the third time. It's called Drake It. Not a place. <laughs> Break it, Massachusetts. Not it's, real, but it I, does sound made up. I'm not gonna lie. But I've heard of Narrowsburg. You have. It's kind of. It's pretty cool now. Really? 
I mean, I don't know. Mark Ruffalo lives in the town next door. My mom likes to tell me about how she saw Mark and the kids, and they're all doing well. I will say I went camping there this summer, <laughs> and there's a bakery in town called Two Queens, and I didn't get it till I walked inside, and it was like these two flamboyant gay men running the show. Oh, yeah. pretty amazing. <laughs> houses out there now, and like it's the cool thing to do, right? Yeah, yeah, everybody's buying houses out there. So I bring that up because I couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there when I was growing up. I was like, bring me around people that are more like me, and mm -hmm. which is why I came right to New York. And so knowing that you were super gay at such a young age, <laughs> I imagine I don't know much about Ohio, but I picture it to be a very conservative place. Am I incorrect? Mm, it's kind of like it goes red or it goes blue. So it's, it's a little like, purplish. Yeah, it's like a swing state. And we were in a very like insulated, like liberal arts environment. Mm -hmm. But definitely saw some weird shit that I wasn't used to. Like you leave the school and everything changed and you were in rural Ohio. And it was like, Whoa. like this flea market every weekend that sold like tons of Nazi paraphernalia. Holy oh shit. And I was like, oh, I'm, I was like, I guess that's like people um, like being interested in history. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was just trying to think. Like, that's probably it, right? Right. Everybody's it just, the but best. It, yeah, but it was it was weird. But I liked Ohio actually. It yeah. was fun. You and, and Dave I had Chappelle. There's <laughs> no. He lives really on. He's like very rural, like farm. Like I think he like lives on a farm. I think that you might be right. I think so. But there's got to be something to it if people... Okay, this is why racism is so fucked up, because it's about stereotypes of a group as a whole, right? And, like, if you are to meet individual people, I think that most people find that people are people. And, like, ah, oh, Jenna, she, that's a nice lady. Just met her and her wife and her kid. They don't seem like, you know, devil worshippers. And even if they do, <laughs> they don't seem like they're going to eat their kids. I think it's, like, fine. But it's easy to stereotype, like, an entire group as a whole, which is why you know what's yeah. happening right now is so dangerous but i think that that's i don't know there's a reason like you were just saying like yeah oberlin it's, it was really nice and <laughs> dave Chappelle lives out there and seems to really like it and why i could grow up in a place you know my parents are from the bronx two black people and raise a black family and that tiny little blue dot in a red state or in a red county excuse me to you know be fine how did your parents decide to go from the bronx to narrowsburg well <laughs> <clears throat> well, that was very different. Very different. It wasn't very just <laughs> they went from the Bronx to Yonkers, and Yonkers they got redlined and couldn't buy anything, and so they just started like kept going north to try to find something, some place that was affordable where they could raise four kids in like a decent school district, you know. God. And so uh, they honeymooned in the in the Poconos like years before, and they're like, oh, that's pretty nice. And so where I grew up was like right on the New York side of the Poconos. Oh, of the Poconos. Yeah, in the Catskills. So it was like their fourth choice? <laughs> yes. They're like, uh, I guess this will do. Exactly. They're like, they're like, well, we keep trying, and white people keep saying no. So let's just go oh. somewhere where they're going to say yes. God. Yeah. But you liked it there? No, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. Like now I go home and I under I see why they wanted to raise us there. It's really beautiful. You know, it's very safe, especially compared to like you were saying the Queens in the 60s. My parents have the Bronx in the 70s. So like, <laughs> yeah. Literally, no, the Bronx is burning, parents, you know? Like, yeah, all our parents were like, this is not nice. Yeah. I'm Totally, I know, and we're all so... like, I want to go back to New York City yes. and spend a million dollars 
I mean, living on Long Island, like once we moved from Queens to Long Island, I realized all my friends on Long Island, their parents all were from the city. Every single one of them were from Brooklyn or Queens or the Bronx. And it was just like, right, you didn't raise your kids there. That wasn't even a thought. It was like, we want kids. We have to move out. Yeah. So weird. Long Island scares the shit out of me, I have to tell you. (laughs) It fucking should. I just like think of it as just like people are like, you know what? I'm racist. I'm going to move to Long Island. It's crazy. Not to laugh, but like, yeah. I know. Because it's very, like, okay, I will say there are towns that are very multicultural, but they're it's all very segregated, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, my high school, we had some Latino kids, a cu- couple of black kids, that's it. And then, actually, a black family moved around the block from my parents. Once I wasn't living there anymore, maybe I was, like, early 20s, and it was just, like, talk of the town. Oh, my God. And it's like, well, that black family bought a house just like all of you. So shut the fuck up. (laughs) What did people say? Like, what's there to say? Just like, oh. Did you see them? They're brown. Yeah, literally just that. Like, so meanwhile, all of these people are from the city, you know, so it's not like they've never seen a brown person before. Really? Brown person in the city? Yeah. But it's also, yeah, it's just bad. I mean, I'll say, like, I still have friends who live back home and they're very much so on the same, like, wavelength as I am politically. But that has to be hard to live there yeah. and feel so, like, opposite of most people. It's a yeah, weird I know. place. I'm, if, like, I've been there a couple times, and I'm just like, I'm like, don't get out of the car. We need to just drive straight. <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, I left when I was 19. I moved in with my punk rock boyfriend and, like, 1500 bucks in my bank account. I clearly really wanted to get out of there. Yeah, we needed to like, my dad hated my boyfriend. My dad hated me. He didn't talk to me for like a month. Aww. He wanted the best. Oh, I wanted yeah. to move Where, to Bushwick. Where is he now? My ex-boyfriend? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he still, question. I'm pretty sure, still lives in Bushwick. He opened up a pizza shop and a bar. Ooh. Oh, um, good for him. <laughs> yeah, good for him. Whatever. Really started soaring after he got rid of you, huh? <laughs> he talked about the pizza shop forever, and once I dumped his ass, he actually went and did it. I'm like, dude. Oh, you no. Gave, you need a little motivation. Oh. Yeah. Ever move back to Narrowsburg? Um, <clears throat> no. Not full time. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, there. It's cute up there. It's very cute. And I would always say, like, it isn't Narrowsburg. It's more so, like, who are your neighbors. But nowadays, your neighbors are people like you and I. And so it's not that. There's just nothing to do. There's no yeah. industry. Yeah. Do you know, after eight o'clock, there's absolute, there's no, it's midnight at eight o'clock. Do yeah. you know? What the fuck am I going to do in Narrowsburg, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Same. What would I do on Long Island? Five. Do your parents still live in your hometown? Yeah. Do you like going back there? Yeah, it's cute. It sounds I mean, like you had fun times. I wish I felt that way. I mean, Wait. I had fun times. But. Yeah, I know. But let's get back to your story. Well, it's like, it is a cute town. It's very white. Mm. And I didn't like it. Yeah, like I barely knew any like black or brown people growing up. And I have a kid now and I just didn't want him to grow up with that, you know, so. I think something very cool about people that are our age that live in Brooklyn that I hear all the time. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, girl, I knew that. But I didn't know that you knew that. Is people saying, like, I can't move out of Brooklyn because everywhere else is too white. Yeah, it feels that way, right? I mean, it does. But I never thought white people would think that. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) But it makes me feel good. 
I mean, that's awesome because you want to live in a colorful world, in a multicultural world. The same reason that I do. I don't want to be anywhere where everybody's the same. So it's, we need to hear more of that, I guess, out in the airwaves. White people also find white people very boring. So <laughs> I don't need to only be, you know. So true. <laughs> so fucking true. <sighs> okay, wait. So. I'd like to know more about your journey into, um, I guess, journalism, if that's what you'd call yourself, or would you call yourself a storyteller or... <laughs> it's funny that you say storyteller, because it's like, I know that that's, I guess, like what I'm doing, but if somebody like puts storyteller on their resume and applies for a job with me, I just delete it. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> I just find it so like cheesy and pretentious. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm dead. Professionally, oh, I'm a storyteller. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Next. It's like you're not LeVar Burton. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> okay. Who has a podcast? I know. LeVar Burton reads. He yeah. is a storyteller. That's it. It ends the there. It begins, begins and ends with him reading Rainbow to LeVar Burton oh. reads. Yeah, the story. Hey. Him and James Earl Jones, the storytellers of our generation. James Earl Jones, who's fucking who's hot fucking as hot. shit. He's handsome, right? Yes, very handsome. No. How did I become a storyteller? No, how did you become the purveyor <laughs> of truths? Ooh. Ooh. Well, here's the thing about my career is like the reason that I'm not necessarily a storyteller or a journalist is like. I always have just wanted to, I don't want to like sound like a, like a cheesy, like I'm so, I'm so amazing, but like, I just, I'm not interested in like telling my own story. That's why this interview is, is making me anxious, but still just, we're having such a great time. But I think that in like podcasting and radio, no, I'm having a great time. Love you guys. Um, <laughs> but, it's amazing. Best day of my life. Um, but I think that for like, in terms of, storytelling I just think that there are a lot of like stories that can be told that have not been told and I would rather like help people tell their stories in like a good well edited you know like way than tell my own (laughs) (laughs) that's what like my career has actually been it's never been like I've never wanted to be a podcast host like I don't want to even like do like a segment with me in it I think I did one thing on another round once um Mm -hmm. and I was so nervous they made me like play a game with them um and it was it was kind of fun <laughs> but um <laughs> but like I would rather tell other stories and I think like in podcasting too like podcasting was it barely existed when I got into the industry you know it was like repackaged radio basically it was that's what people were calling podcasts so like and I started out in public radio, and I was in public radio for like almost a decade at different places, like StoryCorps and The Moth, and I started this show called The Hidden Brain at, at NPR, and like I was like at WNYC for a bit. I was at all these different places, and like I learned a lot from each of them. I just kept feeling like public radio was like very like white and homogenous, mm-hmm. and like just like it wasn't doing the exciting shit that I wanted it to be doing, and so. I left for BuzzFeed because I just was like, I don't think that public radio, I still love public radio and I like have high hopes for it. And I listen to it every day. Like I listen to NPR every single day, but I felt like 
I wanted to like try something completely new and that's why I went to BuzzFeed. Yeah, I didn't want to keep doing like the same old like public radio sweet stories for white people shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. And so at the time, like what was the culture around BuzzFeed? Like and also how did you find that gig? Like how did that come about? What was the culture? That's a big question. BuzzFeed was really fun at the time. I think it's maybe less fun now. Yeah. <laughs> but it was super fun and creative. And I, w- I had also like been at all these like really kind of like buttoned up kind of like nerdy public radio jobs. And like on my first day, like my boss came by on a skateboard and shot me with a Nerf arrow. And I was like, I need to get out of here. Like this is, I was like, people are children. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever watched Workin' Moms? No. What is it? You've never seen Workin' Moms? It's on Netflix. It's Canadian. It's really good. But there's an episode where the main character gets a job at this, like, super hip company. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she takes mushrooms. And they take mushrooms. They microdose because that's how they, like, get their best work done. She takes too many. (laughs) I mean, yeah. That was kind of – I was, like, so alienated at first. Um, and also they'd been doing, they had this girl, Julia Furlan, who was great. She was doing like, kind of like audio experiments on the website. So not really like podcasts, but, um, kind of like trying to use audio and, and like, she was fighting a lot of battles to like get podcasts to be a thing at BuzzFeed. Like my first day at BuzzFeed, Ben Smith, the then editor in chief of BuzzFeed, like sat down with me and he was like, Welcome. I don't think BuzzFeed should be a podcast. I didn't want to hire you. That was my production. Wow. <laughs> wow. But in a way, <laughs> it didn't make me. It, he, yeah, he was just like, I hope that you do something cool here. Basically, I don't. I don't even think that you should be here. <laughs> right. Right. Wow. I mean, it kind of sounds like you were like challenge accepted, bro. Fuck yeah. off. <laughs> it was like, oh, cool. Like, I'm gonna show you what the fuck I can do here, and yes. it's actually like super motivated me and by the time then you know then we did a couple hit shows and then he was like oh this is great like I'm psyched um and the place got really into it but it didn't like I don't think that they understood that like podcasts need actual resources (laughs) so it was like we were recording out of a closet for a long time with like these like hundred dollar microphones and like that was another round for a while and like finally yeah then they let us rent a studio but they never let us like build our own or anything and I was like it just like wasn't a place where like podcasts were gonna be a thing I think like they for whatever reason I think that they had just like decided that podcasts weren't important and um that's so weird because it seems like it was such a forward-thinking company one and two is that people I still see on Tracy's Instagram people saying is another round gonna come back oh yeah no like people are obsessed and also the people that were on it are now on like this american life like they've gone on to be like incredible journalists in the podcasting field that i still listen to and i'm like bim yes but totally. it's just so disappointing because they created so much and didn't see what they had done what you had done really they didn't do shit you did it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it was a bummer i don't i don't totally get it i mean right now they're kind of trying to revive something so actually, like, my company is making, it has a podcast out right now, like a five-episode investigation with BuzzFeed, which is interesting. Oh, whole yeah. So, like, I left there on decent terms, but I was basically like, um, 
you know, like, I don't know that this place is ever going to invest in this thing the way I want it to. And by the way, I like learned how to run a business within a business while being there because I had to do like the legal stuff. I had to like work on ad sales, like distribution, all the tech, all the like editing and producing. I'm like, you know, I hired a team, but like my team and I had to like do everything basically. And so that made me, when my friend Max approached me and was like, Hey, would you ever want to start a podcast company? I was like, interesting. I've never thought about being like an entrepreneur, but like, I think I could do that. And then I don't know, I'm getting ahead of myself, but like, that's how pineapple happened. Yeah. <laughs> no, I you're not it. getting ahead of yourself. You're taking us to the goods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was still at BuzzFeed and I was also on the side editing the long form podcast, which is a great podcast where they interview journalists. And Max is one of the hosts of that show. And we went out to lunch one day and he's like, you know, I'm hearing from all these interesting people who like want help making podcasts. So like, and I was like, me too, you know, like he had heard from his friend at the New York times and they were like, they hadn't started an audio division yet and they wanted to try a show and like, what would it be? And then like, I had done a show with Lena Dunham at BuzzFeed and she was like, I want to do this again, but I don't want to do it at BuzzFeed. I want it to be like part of Lenny letter. Like, would you want to do that with me? And then like, we had friends on the Clinton campaign and we were like, what about a podcast there? And then we had like friends in um, ad agencies that wanted podcasts for their like clients. And so there were like all these people kind of coming to us. Oh, funny enough, Ivanka Trump's company had come to me. No. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. No. Um, I don't know if you have to edit that out. Probably not. I mean, it's like I, we, I didn't do anything with her. This was years ago. Oh, well, you let us know. That's so uh, interesting. What made you not want to work with her? This was pre, I mean, well, cause here's the thing that's interesting. And it's just like, a, I'm sure you know this, this is like New York secrecy. Is everybody that I know who knows Ivanka Trump said, she's such a nice woman. She was always so kind. She was always so smart. We don't know what happened in 2016. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> she had just like this like lifestyle brand that I found, like it was like a rich lady lifestyle brand. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with that as a podcast? <laughs> I mean, I dodged a bullet, but um, <laughs> oh, girl, that could have been so bad. To have that on your like past <laughs> roster. I had, I had to hide from my history that I had made of Ivanka Trump's podcast. Imagine, my God. Well, no, I, you made a great decision. Also, it wouldn't have happened. You were just like, don't like you. Sounds yeah, I mean, I found it very boring. The office was amazing, though. <laughs> sure. It was all gold. I, I mean, you can, you can like, have a sweet office when you don't have to pay any taxes, you know? Right. Really? <laughs> Shit, if I didn't pay taxes, I had to have... Legit, nice yeah. We <laughs> wouldn't we all? America would go to shit, and we'd all have a lot of really nice stuff. So, when did you decide to officially like start the business, start Pineapple Media? Yeah, was it around then? Like when Max is bringing you all these things, you're just like, okay, that's it. Let's start. Let's start this company. Kind of. It's, by the way, it's called Pineapple Street Media. Okay, I'm but, so sorry. <laughs> but I think Pineapple Media. I'm only um, actually in you because I think Pineapple Media is a different company. Also, <laughs> I was like, on, I love your company. I was on Pineapple <laughs> Street the other day. It's quite nice. It's a beautiful street. It's quite nice. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is where JWB lives. Yeah. It's like, dude, there's like $25 million like townhouses on Pineapple <gasps> Street. It's beautiful. <laughs> so, so nice. Beautiful. I'm going to go ride my bike over. 
It's really nice. Uh, yeah, so we went out to lunch, and he was like, I'm talking to people, you're talking to people, what if we turn this into a business? You know, there were, like, a couple kind of podcast networks at the time, like, Gimlet had started, and there were just, like, a few things that had, like, cropped up, I think, like, Midroll, um, yeah, like, Earwolf, like, there were, there were companies, but, um, there was nobody doing kind of, like, high-level, like, um, like production with partners basically so it was the time when like podcasts were becoming like a hot thing and no one knew how to make them and so we were like oh like we could like get people to pay us like production fees to make their shit and like they can own it you know so like we had lunch and he kind of like casually threw it out there and then like that night i like wrote up a whole business plan i love (laughs) Um, it and because yeah i've realized that i like love the business side more than anything honestly but i'll get to that later but um (laughs) Yeah, and then he was like, oh, I was kind of just like, I don't even know how serious I was being about starting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, get serious, we're doing it. Yes. Yeah, so so I left BuzzFeed like a month later and started Pineapple. Our first shows were we did another season of Lena Dunham's show. We did the official Hillary Clinton campaign podcast. That was the first thing we put out. Wow, that's a pretty huge dude. I mean, just starting off, your first yeah. fucking podcast, dude, Lena Dunham, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Pretty um, fucking impressive. And then we did something with Wyden Kennedy, the ad firm. That was fun. Um, we did like a, it was like a travel show for women of color. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah, it was fun. And then, um, oh, and then we did Still Processing with the New York Times. Yes. Those were our like first four shows. And then like our next show was Missing Richard Simmons, which became kind of like a- <gasps> I forget that was on Pineapple. It was really fun. <laughs> and also Heaven's Gate. Oh, yeah, that too. We've made a lot of things. Yeah, we did this one this summer called Wind of Change that was really fun. And um, we did this one, Running from Cops, which is great. Surviving Y2K. I recommend all of these. Oh, Surviving Y2K. <laughs> I, right alley. I sorry, I'm that. laughing. I recommend all of these. I would imagine, <laughs> I would imagine that you would. Janet <laughs> Mock podcast, which was really fun. Which one? Janet- you know Janet Mock? Yes, I love that podcast. I have not. Listened. I was bummed that it was just one season. Her first episode was with Miss Tina Knowles. I was like, okay, Janet Mock. Damn. I was at her house. No. <laughs> You're just looking at the art and like the baby Beyonce pictures. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you see this above Alex's head? Yeah, of course. Oh no. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> it's a podcast, so tell your listeners what you're talking. Okay, sorry. It's um a framed. Lemonade album, the double disc record, the record. It's framed on our wall here. It's it's never been opened. In my room. It's framed in Alex's room, right below James Baldwin. We black as fuck here. Um, (laughs) That was it. Oh, and that's who Miss Tina Knowles is. In case you don't know who Miss Tina Knowles is, Miss Tina Knowles is Beyonce's mama. So that's who she's talking about, whose home she was in, recording this incredible fucking podcast. No big deal. No big deal. No, on that trip, so Janet and I flew out to L.A. First, we went to Miss Tina's house. She was wonderful. Um, And then we went to Kris Jenner's house. Oh, my God. (laughs) Stop. Yeah, we went to the Kardashian home. I've had a lot of, like, amazing podcasting adventures. I mean, I'm, like... I, I like running the business a lot, but I do miss, like, being able to just, like, go to Miss Tina's house. Like, now I was... Miss Jenner's house! I'm not going to yeah, lie, man. I kind amazing. of stand Chris Jenner. She might be partially hooved in that. I mean, she <laughs> might be partially the devil. But a um, bitch is a business woman. She knows what the fuck she doing. And that I stand. 
like business ladies killing it. But I feel like there's been a real like anti-Kardashian backlash lately that I can get on board with. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. As a whole, I don't like them, but I do think that there have been smart business decisions. They are smart business people, but like, it's no longer like cool to just like want your fucking wealth in that way. Like, okay, just, well, we were just with talking that being about said, with that being earlier. said, though, I'm not mad at Kim. I thought that I was, but I can't be mad at somebody who's just getting black ladies out of jail. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's done some. She's done some good work lately. Do you know I'll what I mean? I mean, um, she's not. She might also be partially hooved. So I'm not gonna lie. She's fucking bananas. They all are. Right? Um, that house is. Yeah, I was in like the Kardashian. Tell house. us about the house. Did they serve you lemonade? Did you get tea? If you got tea, did she try to? Oh wait, you're not black. It's champagne. okay. Janet Mock. They tried. They might have tried to. Um, Get out Janet Mock. But she was with you, so you were she you protected her. <laughs> I tried to get out Janet Mock, but um, they did you do have to, they have marble floors and, and you have to wear booties over your shoes. So you walk wow. in like white booties and um, also that's class. They don't make you take off your shoes. They're like, No, no, yeah. we know they're expensive. Here's some booties to put over them. I guess so, but I was like also like have a floor that allows shoes. <laughs> right? Like you have people cleaning all the time probably. Yeah. It's not it's like it's not like like your house can't be constructed very intelligently if you can't work. <laughs> I'd be slip sliding with booties on yeah. on a marble floor. Yeah. I can barely walk as is. I know. That like sounds terrible. Tripping. And then also, they have like these like white Hermes chairs, but like <laughs> the first thing they do is like a maid kind of like runs in and like puts like like a sort of like towel blanket on top of it and that was another thing where i was like okay first of all you're implying that i'm too dirty to sit in <laughs> brooklyn phil yeah <laughs> so like, oh, wait. they like run over and like throw a towel on it and i'm like yeah. okay and then i'm also like another thing like design flaw if people literally cannot sit on your chairs honestly and you know what i'm like learning that. no i'm learning so much this is how i never understood how people can keep things so white and that's how you do is you don't actually use it nobody is actually sitting on any of these things or walking on yes. the floors it's just to look at. This is like the new version of uh, saran wrapping your furniture. Our grandparents put plastic stuff on it. Chris Jenner just throws a towel down before you have a chance to sit down. She was super sweet, though. And I think like it was like her. I mean, um, Caitlyn Jenner had recently transitioned. Mm. And so I think she was like, it was like interesting for her to be with Janet, who's like a famous trans activist. Mm-hmm. And like... Yeah, it was just, she actually didn't know Janet was trans until after the interview. Oh, Janet's beautiful. I mean, not that it matters, her appearance and her being trans, but she's a beautiful, beautiful woman. Like, goddamn. She's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Yeah. And Chris didn't know, and so then, like, she kind of found out afterwards when Janet started talking about it, and it was like, they had, like, a real kind of connection, I think, around, like... Yeah. yeah. She was, you know, going through, it was like an interesting time for her when. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's a really special story. I like that. Oh, Chris Jenner. Yeah. Thanks for like giving us a little insight into a, a world that we have no business being in. Except they put it all over the TV, so. I just wonder, when they put the towel down, was it like a shitty raggedy towel that we all kind of have in the back of our closet? Or is it like a nice towel? No, it was like a really nice towel. 
Oh, yeah. did you use a shitty beach towel? There's like one that has bleach stains on it that you just like save for no reason. It was like a Budweiser beach towel. Yeah, I literally have one of those. Okay, so um, you've had some adventures. You had so, you've had so many incredible adventures, and I can't believe. Well, I'm so honored that you chose to tell your story on our podcast, especially because you don't often do them. Not much of a story. I have had adventures. I've like I've had a lot of. Yeah, I've had fun. It's been. It's a a good life. One of the things that I I admire about you and the reason that I wanted to have you on the podcast is because you are a gay woman, which now is when you say, how do you know that I'm gay? (laughs) 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 To the podcast listeners, last time I framed this question, that's what she said. She looked me dead in the eye and said, what makes you think that I'm gay? (laughs) (laughs) It's a great joke, right? It's a great joke. But you're... I look gay. <laughs> but it's so funny if somebody's like, as a gay woman, and you say, and you're like, what makes you think I'm gay? It scares the shit out of me. We definitely, for a split second, looked at each other like, <laughs> oh, But you're, okay, so you're a gay woman. You built this incredible business at the beginning of this industry really blooming. And so period, as a person, period, you've done, accomplished so much within this industry. But specifically as a gay woman, and um, I like that you made a lot of money. Can we talk about women making a lot of money and being rich? Because we're not supposed to want those things or talk about those things. We're supposed to be ashamed, even though men can talk about wanting to be rich all the time. Me, Elizabeth Taylor, I want to be rich. <laughs> Alex Shapiro, you can say that statement if you want or not, and I'm not going to say it for you. But if she's with on my team, I want to make her rich. <laughs> And so I very much admire your wealth. <laughs> well, I'm interested in business. It's true. I like the business side of pineapple was really fun for me. Like, and the thing about podcasting right now is like, everyone's just kind of making it up as they go along. So it's like, we're able to put together like deals that are like creative and weird and like make sense for everyone and like get us paid well. And I think like, I always also wanted to make sure that like my staff, was paid really well so like we were paying our interns before we paid ourselves like it was just like it was important I didn't want to like hire anyone until we like knew that they were gonna like make money and where the money was coming from and I think it's it's really important and I think it's like a lot of podcast companies have kind of changed the industry of like being an audio producer by like making it this I mean it's like it's this thing where it's like if you're a good audio producer like you are very needed right now and and so you should be paid very well and like if we're gonna I mean we're like we poach people (laughs) so like if you're, (laughs) you're gonna poach somebody from like you know this American life or somewhere where they're being paid really well. This American life pays people really well and respect them a lot for that and for many other reasons. You know, like you can't really like find the best people unless you have the money for them. So I, yes, I would like to be paid well, but I, I just think everyone should be like, should be valued. And- oh, babe, that was like the best yeah. answer. I'm sorry for babing you, but I love that answer. Because <laughs> it's the truth. It's just I love like, that too. I just want everybody to be paid. I've spoken like a true Brooklyn bitch also. <laughs> so I mean, we're who they're afraid of. We're the liberals that they're terrified of. And they're like, they just want everybody to be rich. Which that sounds great <laughs> to Like me. everyone should be paid their work. Everybody should be, exactly. Well, this was a thing that, Tracy Clayton of another round said, and I, I don't know if she like made this up or I, maybe like someone else had said it, but just like when you think about how much the world is run by just 
deeply mediocre white men, mm-hmm. it, it becomes like hard to have imposter syndrome because like, like I don't have imposter syndrome when I like go to meetings with some of these guys and I'm like, Oh, I'm reminded all the time that like, I'm better at this than these people are. And like, they're, it. you know, and in the past it's like, I'd be like, so why are they making so much more money than me? You know? And yeah. so, yeah, like I, I was always, you know, interested in money. I mean, I started working when I was like, I started babysitting when I was like eight and I started like working real, I was working like 30 hours a week in high school just because wow. I was like, I want to like buy my own shit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I was the same Yeah, way. the same, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Fashion it's bug, like, holla. Annie says. Yeah. <laughs> we worked really shitty retail jobs. <laughs> And it's like kind of exhilarating when you like make a, you know, a financial deal with someone around like anything like podcasting. I'm like, yeah, you know, like this is how it's going to work. This is what you get. This is what I get. And then like when that like contract is signed, I get like really excited. Like I just like, I mean, yeah, I don't understand why it's like a shameful thing to make money. I mean, I'm like also like basically like an Ocasio like socialist you know so mm-hmm. I'm like yeah I like to be- believe deeply and like you know like spread the wealth and like everyone should and you know and like ev- shit is so unequal and I know how like privileged and lucky I am to be where I am um but I, I try not to be ashamed of it I guess yeah ah oh, shame we were just shame. talking about like all of the ways that women are shamed for just taking up space Oh my God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that was, these are so many great lessons. These are so many great life lessons. Do you know, uh, you probably don't know this, but you are like our podcasting auntie who's actually our same age. (laughs) (laughs) How old do you think I am? I know how old you are because you're all over the internet, girl. All you have to do is Google your name and get a wonky ass Wikipedia page and all the other information. 36. I'm 37. Cool. Okay. Okay. All right. Not so bad. So I'm, I'm 34. I'm 34. She's 32. You look, look fantastic. Do you want to tell the listeners why I didn't want to be on this show at first? Why? I, well, you I kept. It was you about kept, beauty. Oh yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going on a podcast to talk about my beauty routine. I just thought Brooklyn Beauty Podcast. I know, but that also says a lot about Jenna because Jenna has spoken to Alex and I literally three times and had no idea, knew nothing about our podcast. Was just like, it's <laughs> like beauty. Was nope. Just, was just like you have these two cute girls from Brooklyn and you keep wanting to talk to us. So I guess. I'll help you with your podcast. I don't have time to I think it might be interesting to play. I didn't know then, but I'm older now. And that's just like life, beauty, friendship, whatever advice that you want to give. But it's things, exactly, things that you used to do that you thought were the shit, got a little bit older and realized, my, my, was I wrong? I don't know if it's too heavy, but it's like, I've been thinking a lot about friendships in the pandemic. I think we all. Yes. Because there are like these people where you're like, I don't see that person anymore and I really miss them. And then there are other people where you're like, I don't see that person anymore and I don't miss them. Yes. <laughs> and like, I think like something I realized is like, it's like I used to be so just like, I still am like, up to a point, but like so like devastated and upset. It's like 
a friend was like weird to me or if we had like a falling out or something and like I feel like so much of that is not about you like I made everything about like me and like oh my god I must have done something insane and I think like everyone's just going through shit yeah. and it's not always about you and this week my therapist told me I was like she told me to get a she always, she's always like I have a book that I want you to read and I'm like okay it's called advice not given she's into like Buddhism and she's trying to get me into it and it's cool stuff so whatever and so then I like looked up the book and it's actually called advice not given colon a guide to getting over yourself <laughs> burn <laughs> shade from uh from seriously sometimes people are gonna do and say a lot of shit that's much more about them than you totally. and like get over yourself you know shit people hey, have been telling that advice. people have been telling me that for years girl so I'm glad I to mean, hear it again I mean I like just learned at, at therapy this week so <laughs> <laughs> no same that's great no, advice I, I need that well because you're um, right it isn't always about you people are going through shit there's a goddamn pandemic like bitch my dad died sorry <laughs> or like whatever it is everyone is like in a deep depression right now yes. <laughs> it's so true honestly you're so right i slept for like 12 hours like tw- not even 12 i slept for like 24 hours like two weeks ago and the oh next God. day i woke up and i was like oh i was just depressed and i told that story to somebody and they go oh girl that happened to you too <laughs> on with my therapist and I was like what if I have like a tortured soul and she's like it's just the pandemic calm down what if I'm she's like everyone is freaking out yes yeah man I'm real thank you so much for not making me talk about my beauty routine because there is- oh my god now let's talk about your beauty routine I mean I put on I put on makeup like a couple times once was with Janet Mock yes um, yeah, I think I told you about that. When we were doing interviews with Miss Tina and Chris Jenner, she was like, you need to fix your face a little bit. <laughs> like a CVS, and she was like, it was like her first time shopping for white girl makeup. She was like, I don't know what to get in here. This but like, try so this. She's good. Like, yeah, she was like shocked at like, um, she was like, we, she got all, all like the lightest shit they had. <laughs> It's like shocked at my skin tone, but um, it, it, it did look good. You know? Yeah, I it's like amazing. that you know how to. You know, you gotta. Sh- First of all, I know Ms. Janet Mock knew we're gonna go see Miss Tina girl. This isn't working. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's so hilarious. good. It's so good. Thank you for talking to us, Jenna. Thank you, you so, so much. Are, I had so much fun. We love you. It's funny. I was just thinking about like how like. I, I've now met all these people over Zoom who I haven't met in real life. Like, I'm, I have, like, no idea how tall you are. Like, yeah. I, I'm very short. I'm five I, feet tall. I, I am short, too, but, like, I've never seen either of you stand. I don't know what kind of, like, shoes or pants you wear. <laughs> booties we have. You don't know, like, anything below here. Yeah, just shoulders up, and we're besties now. I know, it's so weird. Like, you don't see anyone, like, belly button down ever. <laughs> hey guys hope you enjoyed the interview 
What did you think? Did you love Jenna just as much as we did? How fun is she? How sh she's so sweet too. I think one of my biggest takeaways from this is that James Earl Jones was fucking hot <laughs> when he was young. <laughs> and my mind is blown. You guys need to Google that. He's so handsome. Yeah. I was shocked. He like... has just the right amount of chest hair peeking out in all of these photos too. <laughs> Perfection. Yes. And also to have the confidence of a mediocre white man, which is yeah. kind of what I've been realizing over time, especially after speaking with so many women. It's just, I think that the moment that you realize people aren't necessarily smarter than you are, they're just in a fancy suit and have fancy degrees and have their fancy job because of the fraternity brother that got them there. <laughs> Once you realize kind of that true. shit and fuck that, you're not any smarter than I am. I can do this shit too. It's so revolutionary. Yeah. It's a really I agree. good feeling. I agree. I loved listening to Jenna's story though. And just, yeah, she did some really cool things. Just like at a very right time yes. too, you know, kind totally. of at the perfect time. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that everything worked out for her the way that it did. Yeah. You know? Well, it's kind of she just the hard. beginning, man. It's, it's the yeah. beginning of this really great industry that's about to really take off and it's true because of people like jenna now you and i are voices in this industry and i think that yeah. that's really like the cool full circle moment is speaking to this woman who made me believe that i could be a podcaster before she even knew anything about me and then now here she is a guest and a friend yeah so guys you can do anything that you want. I know that sounds so cheesy, but I've been looking forward to this interview for weeks because I just knew it was going to be such an incredible full circle moment for me personally. I also want to mention that the first time we ever met JWB, I literally read back her accolades to her. She was like, <laughs> I did that. I said, Jenna, you did this and this and this, and you said this in an in interview, and then I saw that you made all these things come true. And she's like, what? all right, strange black girl. <laughs> No, but Jenna, we love you so much, and we thank you so much for all that you've done for podcasting and for women and for being a fucking baddie and for... Yeah. And now if you are someone who happens to listen to these podcasts that are on Pineapple Street Media, now you kind of know the brains behind the whole brand, totally. you know, yes. which I think is really interesting and kind of makes sense, you yes. know, based on like the kinds of podcasts that they have. Yeah. And I didn't even mention Still Processing is my dad's favorite podcast. Oh, yeah. cute. He's really cute. And he always says the girl remembers reminds him of me so maybe that's just me <laughs> being you know taking it a little bit personally but Jenna thank you so much for being so fucking awesome and doing so much for us more than you know yeah and um to learn more about pineapple street media you can visit pineapple.fm and they make podcasts <laughs> yeah you could see their whole roster, you see the whole I, roster. I think also if like you like any of those podcasts we mentioned that are on their roster this will help you to find new ones that you want to listen to because they're actually all amazing. They're all amazing. And we didn't even mention that most of their podcasts routinely debut in the top 10 of the Apple podcast chart. They reach tens of millions of listeners and they've always been cited uh, repeatedly on best of lists. They were nominated, nominated for two Peabody Awards for 2019 for Headlong, Running From Cops, um, which is, I think, about the show Cops and why it should be taken off the air, and then look, they did it, so bad mm -hmm. bitch. And also, <laughs> the Catch and Kill podcast with Ronan Farrow, which was about um, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. 
JWB, she tries to downplay how fucking badass she is, but like... She really does. She really is. I appreciate that, though. Yeah, me too. I, I literally We have to, like, force it. her to talk about herself. Honestly, so guys, don't forget to check us out at TrueBeautyBrooklyn.com. Our Instagram, TrueBeautyBrooklynPodcast. Yes. Also, TrueBeautyBrooklyn for our beauty studio. Yes, and TrueBeautyBrooklynPodcast.com to learn more about our podcasts and our upcoming shows and all of our incredible guests. And to reach out to us if you'd like. Yes, send us your letters. Send Scared us your me. milks with your... <laughs> I got so excited. Yes. yes! Send us your milks with your dinners. Send us your... I didn't know them, but I'm older now. Send us your questions for our monthly mailbag uh, listener letters with Sabs, with Sabrina yeah. Holdsworth. And that's it, guys. That's it. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.